Before we start today's episode, I wish to acknowledge that this podcast has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. I pay my deepest respect to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. I acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region, and consider myself incredibly lucky to live, work, and raise a family on Ghana land. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Truth About Aging podcast. Friends, it is December. We are well and truly into the festive season. I have already lost track of how much buble I've listened to, how many Christmas trees I've set up with Cece, uh, the number of times I have just been eating and drinking and social way more than what I normally would any other time of year. But regardless of what this season kind of brings up for you, I really do want to acknowledge from the top that I know it can be a challenging time of year for people as well. I hope that you're doing okay in whatever this season brings up for you and just know that whatever you're feeling, that's totally valid too. It's not necessarily a pure time of joy and celebration for all of us. And I think for a lot of us, it, there's some mixed feelings that come up in that as well. But I guess I'm currently doing pretty good and choosing to focus on the positives, albeit there are a lot of bugs and illnesses around this time of year as well. So please look out for yourselves. The topic of my December episodes are what I like to call the annual check-in. Now, I've done a similar kind of um, episode before about how to check in with your loved ones, really stop and take stock of how they're doing, how that maybe compares to 12 months ago to three months ago. And what supports they're receiving and how else they could maybe be better supported for them to continue to maintain their goals. Now, for a lot of people, that will be for them to remain at home. For other people, it might be things like to maintain their driver's license or to keep going to the gym three times a week or to continue to see their friends socially. Whatever those things are that are really important to them, there's certain things that sit around that to make sure that we keep our loved ones as fit and healthy and well as possible to keep doing those things for as long as they can. So the concept of an annual check-in is really that it just gives you time to pause and take stock of how your loved ones are going. So sometimes when we see people really regularly, you might see your parents or your neighbors or whoever it is every week or even every other day. Sometimes it can be hard to really reflect on or notice those changes that gradually occur over time. On the contrary, sometimes the festive season is time that we see more of our loved ones that we don't necessarily see as often throughout the year. So you might see Aunt Penny or Uncle George at Christmas time when you don't normally see them throughout the year. So it can be a good time to really, again, pause and reflect on what's changed in that 12-month period. Because 
as we age, things will continue to change. But I think as we have the knowledge and as we use that knowledge to support our loved ones, it's really important that we stay really attuned to what their current needs are and what things might be changing for them. So I'm going to break this topic down into two parts. Today, we're going to talk about what some of those signs of decline are. And in next fortnight's episode, we'll be talking about what to do if you noticed a loved one declining. So the signs of decline, there are so many different clinical tools that are used to assess older people's health and function. So I don't want to take away from the fact that You know, GPs will do their own types of assessments. Nurses will do their own types of clinical assessments. Geriatricians will. There's lots of very formal um, clinical tools for that. What we're looking at today is more so you as their loved one, your knowledge of them and what's changing. Because often the people that are in their lives and see them most regularly actually get the best snapshot of that information and are often the first ones to know that something's actually changing. Now, also good to keep in mind with any of these signs of decline, we're looking at what has changed for them. So again, this draws upon your knowledge of how well you know them, because if you know that your mum has always loved having her hair nicely done and being immaculately presented, she gets her nails painted every week at the salon, if you know that these things are important to her and then suddenly you see she stopped having her nails done, she's moping around in tracksuits a bit more and has started to have some stains on her clothes and big piles of laundry, that's a change. Versus if your loved one has always loved dressing like that, never really cared about their nails or their appearance, that's not a cause for concern. We're looking about the changes in that and what potential red flags there could be. Now, the other thing that I like to preface it with is that the last thing you want to do is sit your loved one down and go, okay, it's time for our annual check-in and I'm going to grill you on all these questions and I'm going to find out how you're going. You don't want them to feel like it's an interrogation. Having said that, some people will have relationships with their loved ones that they can sit down and do that. And if you get to a space where you can, amazing. This is something that my grandma and I do not that infrequently to actually be able to sit down and go through some of those different parts and how things are going. It's not as formalized as an annual check-in, but for a lot of people, the thought of being checked in on can feel quite confronting and drawing on previous episodes and what we've talked about for most aging Australians, they want to remain at home. So the thought of going into care or the, the threat of going into care into a nursing home or aged care facility can often make people a little cautious about sharing too much information and can really, if if they feel like they're being asked questions after question after question and being interrogated on something, they might feel like, well, I need to answer these correctly or you're going to send me off somewhere. Is kind of the narrative that I hear a lot from aging clients. So it's really important that from the get-go, you set this up as a, you're getting alongside them and you want to keep them at home for as long as possible as well. You're here to help them achieve those goals. And by having these transparent conversations about it, it allows you to be able to help them achieve that. Now, as I said, for most people, you're not going to sit down and do this really formally. These are more things that you're going to observe. They're things you're keeping an eye out for. And if you go through this list and you notice maybe 
three, four, five things are changing, maybe that might be cause for a conversation where then in the new year, you sit down and say, hey, I've kind of observed this over the Christmas period. And I was wondering if we could have a bit more of a chat about it, because I know how important it is for you to stay at home. And I really want to help you do that. But I'm noticing some changes. And I think it would be really helpful if we can work together to make sure you've got the support around you to stay at home. So again, this initial part, we're a bit of a private investigator. We're just taking in little clues, little hints, little observations, and even getting puzzle pieces from other people. We're not with them all the time. Your sister might know something that you didn't, or the neighbor might highlight something that you weren't aware of. We're constantly just observing and assessing what's going on so that we can support them and help them get to the best decision for them at any point in time. So the categories I like to break it into, there's quite a few of them, and we'll go through all of them today, but I think it's helpful to look at it in terms of different areas. So there's eight different categories that we'll go through, and in each of those, I'm going to highlight what you're looking out for, what those possible questions might be when you are having conversations with them, and what it could potentially mean. And when I say what it could potentially mean, It does not, it's not a clear diagnosis. It doesn't mean if you stopped dressing appropriately that therefore you have dementia. We're not drawing any direct conclusion like that. When I mean what it could potentially mean, I guess you're just, it's a bit more information for you in terms of how that might be presenting or why it might be presenting, I should say. Because again, as you start to understand more and observe more, you might start to form a clearer picture so that if it does get to a point that you need to speak to a doctor about it, you can say, here's the things we've observed and we're wondering if maybe it might be something like this. It's not your role to diagnose by any means, but sometimes that framework can help give you a, a better, clearer picture about where you're going with things. So the first of the eight categories is personal appearance. So what we're looking out for with personal appearance are, somewhat as it sounds, changes to personal appearance or presentation. So things like the clothes they wear, the way they're doing their hair. Do they normally have their beard shaved, but now it's getting quite unkept? Do they like having their nails done regularly, but no longer do that? It's really just compared to what they would normally do. Are there changes to their presentation? Now, if you're looking for possible kind of probing questions, it could be things like, Mum, you normally have such lovely painted nails. How come you haven't been doing them as much lately? Changes to personal appearance could come from a myriad of different things, but often it's around the difficulty performing what we call ADLs or activities of daily living. Now that can be things from, it could be functional decline. They might be struggling with fine motor skills. It could be decline in their eyesight where they're not actually noticing that that jumper has a stain on it and are putting it on anyway. They might be having difficulty bending down and putting things into the washing machine or hanging it up on the line. So they're trying to find other ways to work around that without identifying or telling anyone, I'm actually really struggling with this. So often it could be around that that difficulty in ADLs. But again, could also be a million other things. I should say with a lot of these, there are so many other reasons that it could be. These are just some of the common ones that we see. The second one is weight change. And what we're looking out for is any significant gain or loss in weight. So what that could look like in terms of questions, let's say you see your dad for the first time in a while and he's lost a significant amount of weight. You might have a chat to him about, hey, dad, are you still making those amazing curried sausages? I used to love those. Just get a bit of insight. 
Is he still cooking? Is that getting harder? Do you still go to the shops every Thursday or just getting a feel for what that could be? Because a lot of the time changes in weight can be a few different things, but often it's difficulty being able to prepare meals. They might be struggling to access the shops to buy groceries. There can also be, for some people, cognitive decline. That means they're forgetting to eat their meals, that they're losing some of those hunger cues and they're just not realizing that they're not eating as much as they used to. On the flip side, weight gain could also be that they are struggling to prepare the healthy meals that they used to. So they're buying more takeout from the fish and chip shop down the road because it's a lot easier. There's so many different things that can play into it, but we know how important nutrition is as we age to be able to maintain that body muscle so that we can function and stay stable and reduce falls. There's a lot of things associated with maintaining a healthy weight that this is an important one to look out for as well. The third one is mobility. And this is a fairly, I was going to say fairly easy one to look out for, but I guess you also need to know what you're looking for. But we're looking at how they move around an environment. So are they holding onto furniture to stabilize themselves as they walk around a room? How do they go getting up off the chair? Does it take them two or three attempts or are they holding onto the table to pull themselves up a bit? Are they, this might be harder to see, but are they able to get on and off a toilet okay? There's a lot of different things that you would be observing. But again, we're looking at changes in terms of how were they around this time last year compared to now with navigating that environment. So the questions could be, Aunt Polly, how do you feel getting up off the lounge? It's looking a little bit harder than it used to. And I know it can be hard for me sometimes too. Now, this could be looking at potential physical decline could be a loss in muscle mass. They might not be getting out of the house as often as they used to. So they're not using those muscles as much anymore. They might not be eating well enough to fuel themselves to be able to do it. There's a lot of different things that it could mean, but mobility is a big one to keep an eye out for. Fourth one is engagement. And by engagement, I mean, we're looking at their ability to engage in a conversation and how they interact with others. So, I think sometimes, again, there's a number of things that can contribute to this, but often we see people as they age, maybe start to withdraw a little bit more. Often it's hearing related. If you do have a decline in hearing, it can be really hard being in a room full of noisy people and not being able to block out certain noises. And I know from working with many aging Australians that our hearing aids aren't always the best at being able to help drown that out or help tune in to particular sounds that often in a room filled with too much noise, it can just become all too much. And I see a lot of people that tend to just step back and tune out of those conversations. So questions could just be like, mum, how are you finding it to hear everyone in here? It's pretty loud, isn't it? And so this can be a decline in hearing. It could be a lack of self-confidence. Uh, it could be something like social isolation where they haven't been getting out as much and are a little bit more anxious about speaking with people. Could be an early sign of dementia. Sometimes when people are at the very early stages of memory loss or dementia, they can be aware that they're struggling to keep up with conversations or struggling to maintain a, a solid thread of conversation. And so sometimes people choose to tune out and not engage because they're worried of showing people that. It also could mean something like anxiety or depression. There might be other things going on mental health related that mean they're not feeling confident engaging with other people. So engagement's a big one to look at. 
community and social participation. Now, this one's a little bit harder because this is about looking at if they're getting out of the house much. And I, I guess I'm thinking in, particularly in the context of uh, you're sitting around at Christmas lunch and, you know, dad's been brought over and you're seeing him for the first time in a few months. It's probably hard to know exactly how much he's getting out of the house because there's not much you can observe about the, at that point in time. And this is where we probably rely a little bit more on those questions like, hey, dad, have you still been going to choir on Thursdays or when was the last time you saw Frankie from down the street? I thought you used to have a beer with him each week. Whatever it is. We're just trying to gauge, are they still getting out and active? Because we know how important it is for our aging loved ones to be out and active in the community. Not only are we getting up and being physically active, we are then mentally planning to get up and out of the house. We're engaging with people and conversing with others, which we know has incredible benefits for our mental health. There's so many different benefits of being social within your community that it's important to kind of keep a bit of an eye on, are they getting out of the house much when there's not people around? So this could potentially mean a decline in self-confidence, could be social isolation, or there could be other mental health issues like anxiety or depression at play as well. The sixth topic is memory slash recall. So this is where we're looking for potential difficulty answering simple questions a high level of confusion or repetition in stories or questions. So really what we are looking out for here is early signs of dementia. Could also be a decline in self-confidence. It could be things like a sign of infection. I know I've spoken a lot before about how things like UTIs can present as confusion. So I don't ever want anyone to see a loved one a little confused and think, that's it, they've got dementia, quick, we need to get a diagnosis and get them set up because... There's so many other things it could be, but again, we're just getting some information together, pulling together those pieces of the puzzle. So with that one, we don't want to feel like we're grilling them. We don't want to feel like we're asking them 20 questions or doing a mini mental quiz on them there at the table. But you might just probe around a story that happened a little while ago. You know, hey, Uncle Albie, what did you end up making at the men's shed last month? Just to get a little bit of a feel for... Is he able to recall what they made last month? Can he tell it in great detail? Are there some difficulties or some holes in that story? And again, I never want them to feel like you're looking for holes or probing and poking them because you can only imagine how awful that would feel if you felt, if you thought there were maybe some early signs that you were starting to lose your memory and then you had people trying to grill you on it and ask questions. Being sensitive about these things is the biggest thing I can drill home, but we're really just trying to get a picture for what's going on for them at that point in time. The seventh one is around medication management. And again, this could be harder to monitor in a context outside of their home environment, but some of the signs would be things like missed days in a Webster pack or medication that's stored in quite a disorganized way. You might find tablets left out or on the floor or the pharmacy might be able to identify that there have been some issues. Some of the questions could be something like, oh, mum, I've been shocking at remembering to give the cat her morning tablet. How do you even keep up with all of yours? Again, this could potentially mean cognitive decline, but sometimes it can be things like decline in fine motor skills. If people do have Webster packs, they can be a little bit fiddly to push the 
tablets out of the pack or even within the normal blister packs of a medication box that it might actually be that they're struggling with that skill but they don't want to say anything about it because they're too scared of admitting this is actually getting hard and a simple thing like a little pill bub box where you pierce the tablet over the top and they fall into the box could be a solution that means they can keep up with their medications. There's so many different solutions out there. What we're trying to do is piece together what some of those issues might be, what it could potentially mean, and how we can help support them around that. And the last one is around home maintenance. Again, this is going to somewhat depend on being in their environment, but maybe you're just picking them up or dropping them home after Christmas lunch. And what we're looking for is significant changes into how the home is presented. So it could be that there's stacks of mail that have been unopened for months on end. Could be that the laundry is just full to the brim with washing that hasn't been done. It might be that there's dirty sauces all over the kitchen sink. And again, this is only if they weren't normally like that. Some people have a history of hoarding and clutter and squalor, which is a whole separate conversation. But if that's not normal for them, there will be a reason why that started to happen. Whether it's cognitive decline, physical decline, there's there's a number of different things that why it could be happening, but helping them work through that and get some support for that is really important. So one of the questions with that would be something like, oh, dad, I know you love your garden, but I feel like it's starting to get a little overrun by weeds. Is it getting a little bit harder to maintain? Or you might even offer to do a a working bee there and get the family together and we can bring it all up to speed together. We just want to start having conversations about those and keeping an eye out for changes that might be happening. So just to highlight or reiterate those, those key things, we don't want this to feel like an assessment. We are just using this festive season where we might be seeing more of them than usual to gather information and take stock of what's currently going on. The main categories that you're looking at are personal appearance, weight, mobility, engagement, social and community participation, memory and recall, medication management, and home maintenance. So you're keeping an eye out for any significant changes in those and have conversations with your family as well. Check in with your brother and say, hey, I've been noticing this with mum. Is that something that you've seen as well? Or particularly relatives that maybe also haven't seen them for a long time or are coming from interstate, if you've forgotten what like they were like last year, sit down with them and say, hey, I know I see mum every week and I'm not sure if it's just me, but I feel like this is getting a little bit harder. And they might be able to help give some additional perspective as someone who hasn't seen them for a while. So use these opportunities to have conversations and gather information. And when you do, don't panic. If you start to find, oh gosh, some of these things have really changed since last year, don't panic. I did also mention next fortnight's episode will be all about what to do in that situation. But it's really important to know that there are so many different options available out there for you and you'll be able to support your loved ones through that. There's a number of different steps along that journey depending on the severity, but that doesn't mean that they have to go into a residential aged care facility because they've stopped doing their laundry. There's so many different things that you can look at and solutions we can find. So I'll talk more about that in next week's episode. But for now, if you would like to subscribe to the newsletter and get a bit of an update on these things before we have the podcast episodes, you can do so at www.navigateagedcare.com.au forward slash newsletter. 
There's a short form on there that you can pop your email address in, and that means you'll join our mailing list. If you're already on it, thank you so much. I actually get so much joy out of putting out the newsletter each month, and I have some really beautiful feedback from you guys too, so I really appreciate that. The number one thing that you can do to support the podcast or my business is to share it with a friend or family member. I'm really passionate about getting this information out to as many people as possible because I just think we all have aging loved ones in our lives and this information is relevant to us at some point in time. And when it is, it can feel really overwhelming about knowing where to start. And I like to think that I can help simplify some of that and help step people through that journey. If you have any questions in the meantime, please feel free to send them through. You can find me on Facebook at Navigate Aged Care AU or on Instagram at The Truth About Aging. I will be back in your ears next fortnight on the 27th. So as I won't be speaking to you beforehand, have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas to those who celebrate. And for those who don't, I hope you're just enjoying this time of year. I'll be back speaking to you then. I hope you all have a beautiful time and I will talk to you soon. Bye.